Welcome back to another episode of Aboutcast. Obviously, we've been hitting you with you get with these guys weekly, and since and Attack on Titan isn't finishing, we're not finishing either. We're back talking about Attack on Titan episode number three. And last time we had Chris on, and it was really fun, and it was a blast. And this time we're doubling up the fun. We also have Aaron, who's been featured on a few other podcasts from the OG Off the Top podcast days. But essentially, we're dealing with two of my closest homies and two of the the most solid, foundationally weebs and geeks when it comes to Attack on Titan passion. So, fellas, thank you so much for hopping on, number one. And number two, how are we doing? Doing great. Doing great. Thanks for having us, man. Yeah, man. Doing great, too. All right. So, hopping straight into this episode what were we expecting? Like, I know that Chris, you and I kind of expected that we were going to be learning a lot more about Reiner and uh, Falco's kind of relationship and how they are similar. And I think that we were kind of off or no, we also expected to see the Warhammer, but we were totally off in that yeah. too. I think that this episode even somehow gave us more, more than we ever thought we could have, especially closer to the end. So what like overall feel of this this episode don't get into the detail but what did you think and then aaron follow up after that yeah i thought it was a great episode um definitely like like you said not not what we were expecting i was expecting to get a lot more about um zeke and his background but um overall i thought it was really good um got a lot of information about reiner especially um i think this was just his episode to have um but i know we'll get more into that later uh, but yeah, overall, it was a solid episode full of information and um, stuff from the past as well. Yeah, I definitely am an absolute agreeing to that. And it wasn't just like information in terms of building story, but also building so much emotional and kind of spiritual understanding of who these people are and also just the intensity of that culture leading up to the moments that we're uh, so hyped to see in this season. You fellas kind of nailed it right there. I think that the the magic of this episode is almost dealing one of our most solid glimpses of what this character Reiner is about. And I think the way that we've been kind of digesting him or we've been fed him is almost misleading to the to the actual true nature of him. And especially since this is going to be a perfect segue, but I always love to know like character motivations when it comes to people. And Reiner is somebody where I was totally misled, where I kind of thought that he was just this dude that just got in too deep. And all of a sudden he started believing his like background story or kind of like spy story. And then he was just all messed up because he lost his friends. But like at the very base of it, we it comes clear that he's actually somebody who is you know, super compassionate and wants his family to be whole. And that's like his most motivating thing with his mom and his dad and stuff like that. But he really doesn't have the skill set. from that aspect right there. Does that tell you guys everything you need to know that you guys were missing out on Reiner? Is there more kind of left on the table after that for you guys? Then, you know, I definitely would say what's left on the table is more so just kind of what can be told about Reiner's life. Um, kind of understanding his background and like the like so many open doors that came up on that episode like even with his father and, and his her his mother having like this certain picture she was talking about 
right away they're closed with his dad straight screwing him over and being like, you're going to get our family hanged. And then his mom, him calling her out in, in his own head, of course, and saying that she was a liar. So it, it just perfectly closed kind of everything I thought of Ryan or up until this moment. Chris, what are you thinking? Yeah. I mean, I agree with everything that both of you said. Um, yeah. He's, I don't know. He was just a lot different than what I thought he was like, like you, Jordan. Um, I kind of thought he was uh, more of just like the warrior and the person who is just out to like complete his mission. Um, but it was really cool to see um, just a different side of Reiner. And like, like you said, his motivations and stuff like that is really um, awesome to, to see and also to experience. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, that's about it. One one thing that I think is probably something that I understood off of my, like, not my first watch, but the watches after that, is that, you know, for the first start of this whole episode or these uh, these last two episodes, I feel like there's been a lot of comparing Reiner and Falco as far as their feel of being jaded and kind of the fear of having the Titan power almost, where it's almost a sealer of the people's demise who get it and not this amazing gift. And all of a sudden I feel like now we have, instead of like comparing the two, they said, okay, so this is actually, you know, flip everything on its head. They're really not different. And the reason I say that is because Falco is so compassion driven and he's so driven by either, you know, look at him with the people that come back from the war. He helped those guys like prisoner of war, the other side, when he was fighting in the four year war. Um, there's tons of tons of things that say he cares about others more than himself. And then we find out that Reiner is so like, you know, on self-preservation mode, like everybody, like Annie was, like I think Barthold was, but uh, I, I think that they did a really good job of kind of once again mixing it up and showing that even in the the comparison of these two people that we've been fed for so long that there is a world's or continent's length difference between them as far as who they really are deep down. And maybe it's just because Reiner is a little bit more, he's seen more life and more messed up things, but I, I mean, tell me if I'm wrong guys, but I think that this is like a clear sign of, even though they are so close and Reiner seen himself in Falco, they are completely different now as far as what actually drives them on the inside. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's kind of like like what you said. They're the same, but different at the same time. Like uh, Reiner's compassions, or Reiner's, I guess his his drive was to um, to have his family together. Um, and the same with Falco. I mean, he he doesn't want uh, Gabby to have the Titan. I feel like we learned that in the episode. Um, I think that's where they're kind of the same. But then as the story goes on and as life goes on, especially for Reiner because he's older, um, it, it kind of shifts. I feel like you see that shift in the in the episode as we go through, and um, I'm sure we'll get into it um, pretty soon. But that, that was kind of my view. What do you think, Aaron? Yeah, honestly, I just I think this kind of all consistently shows the beauty of Attack on Titan as kind of a show we all love. Is that you? You see so many things about real life character growth happening within these fictional characters, and so much detail that is exactly like real life. Um, 
that it's just really cool to see their growth and how they they dynamically adjust to these crazy events that we get to watch each episode and it's just back to back heat every single episode i feel like since season one episode one (laughs) so one one thing that i kind of it jumped out to me is chris number one you were just absolute champion by calling it as far as marcel and everything like that and then we got to see it kind of from the other viewpoints eyes which was kind of cool but do you think that then off of that just small occurrence like it makes me wonder what the actual like attack on the wall would have been like if you had marcel if you had annie involved and then if you had those two i feel like it would have just been like complete decimation (laughs) <laughs> like, or, am I wrong, or is this just like, dude? The this whole series, Attack on Titan, is because Marcel got taken out too early because he was the leader, like they said before. Yeah. And then they had instead of a four man team, they did it with a two man team. Um, Aaron, start with you. What do you think it would be like if the roles, or not even the roles, were reversed, but if Marcel was still alive to attack the wall? Yeah, great question. And I honestly feel as if their whole idea of invoking and getting the founding Titan out and capturing whoever that is or the, the royal family that is um, would happen a whole lot quicker. And in succession, probably the plan would be something that makes a bit more sense and isn't as frantic, you know, where they're really trying to figure out the situation as they go on. Um, and that would have that wouldn't have been the same show that we've been watching up to this point. It would have been a cool ass show, but probably I think it would have ended in, in a season. Yeah, yeah, good call, dude. It's just been too hot, dude. Like, there's so many things that obviously you can't handle the Colossal Titan by himself. And if he wanted to just eliminate that whole town, he could have. Um, but it just kind of it just shows how like real chaos happens in this world of like order and structure. And you think that everything's planned out, or it is, you know, as far as the storytelling goes. But it's all this like interwoven chaos is just involved that makes things almost like, you know, you appreciate it more for happening this way, knowing that, you know, it could have easily gone differently. Chris, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think it would have been like Levi would have had to show up and, uh, you know, called the boys in, or do you think there would have been no chance whatsoever and paradise operation would have been like a clamp before Zeke? Mm-hmm. And touchdown dude i think it would have been like for um the parody side it would have been all hands on deck i mean they didn't have any titans or anything like that that they knew of um so yeah i feel like i kind of agree with aaron i feel like it'd be complete destruction right away um we wouldn't even get the the seasons that we got um yeah definitely levi would have to come and try and, and attempt to wreck wreck all these people but i don't think he would have stood a chance between the both uh between all four of them um i didn't really think about that to begin with i'm glad you brought that up though um i'm, I'm wondering where annie was during that time um do you have any thoughts on that yeah dude so my first impression is that annie was just like under um incapacitated let's say just mm-hmm. from the fact that Reiner choked her out. And so I'm thinking that's when she woke up and stuff like that. And um, another thing that I kind of just just thought of really quickly was I wonder if Grisha was anticipating this attack and was shocked that he only saw two of them. Like, I wonder if that's why he didn't come out. Because obviously he had the founding Titan and he's probably like 
training and getting ready for this day, being that he was in Marley before and knew how it was. So like that must have changed his game plan as well. But that's where I'm, but like back to your original question, that's where I think Annie was. And that's why she wasn't involved with that one. And then just to keep their cards close to the chest, I think that's why she wasn't involved in the attack of Rose, from my understanding. Gotcha. Okay. That makes sense, actually. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But once again, dude, it's like, you know, you with just like one hypothetical like that, it kind of uh, changes the whole game. But yeah, even with Grisha, I don't even think that that Helmy would have stood a chance. Or maybe he would have just like stayed inside, knowing like they don't know they don't know who has the founding Titan. And I'm not remind me, if any of you guys know, when did Grisha get it? Was it before the first attack? I think it was, right? Or maybe it was just right before. Anyway, like one of the goofy timeline situations where you have to like work out with like algebra and mental math and everything like that. <laughs> One other hypothetical that it was like one nugget that we saw in this episode was when they were going through the Titan lineup as far as like, you know, why this Titan is this Titan. And, um, you know, they started with Annie. I think they then they went to Reiner um, and I think they went to the jaw afterwards, which was Marcel. And then when they got to Zeke, the thing that I found interesting with Zeke is that he he had like, I don't know if you guys caught this, but he, they said he has like a hidden power with his blood. And so here is my two kind of um, my two hypotheses when it came to that either in this one's probably not as airtight, but either his blood helps turn people into Titans, which doesn't make necessary sense because they were turning people into Titans beforehand or his blood has something else that we have no idea that it is capable of. And another thing that I found weird is like, so they, they talked about Annie's ability to call in Titans from a short range, but they said nothing about Zeke's ability to like turn Titans or people into Titans like they showed in episode one. What did you guys think of that? And what do you guys think like the hidden power is if we have seen it or haven't seen it yet, Chris, let me hear it. Oh man. Yeah, I, I did catch that. Um, you know, I'm not really sure. Um, my first assumption would be that his ability to, I guess, transform them into Titans. Cause you know how we saw in episode one when they're in that big, I think it was like a big blimp or something like that. And they dropped all the Titans down. Um, that's what was my first assumption. Um, I think it'd be really cool to see something different that we've never seen before. Um, to know what it is, I, I'm not sure, man. Like, it'd be, I don't know. I mean, with this, this, uh, I guess this series, um, you can, you can assume anything, man. Uh, yeah. yeah I, I'm not sure, man. <laughs> Seriously, though. <laughs> I'm thinking the exact same thing because he, he has royal blood, you know, and we're still kind of unfolding what this truly means. And even just in the case of just how being connected to royal blood for Aaron's superpower or his superpower, his Titan power can invoke all these new abilities. So maybe it was just his screaming power and being able to turn people into Titans, but, or maybe there is something that we're about to uncover more about what it means to really be Royal. And um, what it makes me wonder too, it's like almost, it's almost like Historia. If you wear her, like imagine if Aaron just had her on his shoulder or something, and then he could start like pinpointing people like doing the coordinate thing. Like just even touching, like you said, Aaron, just even touching, um, you know, that royal 
that was Grisha's ex-wife, it like, you know, sent like invoked his coordinate power. So it's uh it makes me wonder like how they either either discovered that a little bit more or not. I think obviously obviously we've seen that um Marley and or you know the, the island Marley isn't the only one making moves out here. One thing that I found ridiculously well i guess may, do you think it was a surprise that reiner was about to kill himself or do you think it was like yeah we know this homie has been going through it uh what did you guys think of that after understanding all that zero percent surprise um but kind of in terms of like before seeing that episode it would be a huge surprise because he seems like such a strong individual including in the war scene directly in episode one yeah yeah I kind of agree too. I mean, homie's been through so much crap. Um, and just to kind of see that, I mean, I was like, okay, like that kind of makes sense. Like if, I don't know, maybe if I was in a situation and going through all of that and living through all of that, I, I might have might actually considered the same thing. Um, but yeah, definitely not surprised at all by that. Yeah. It was, uh, it was like, it was one of those things where it's also kind of, it was really interesting to see that flashback happen in his own mind. Cause from my understanding, it was almost like he put the gun in his mouth or he was thinking about killing himself, had this like lifetime flashback and then put it in his mouth. And then the second that Falco like slammed the wall, um, he was like, Oh shoot, man, like I got to get to it. And another thing that I noticed is like, bro, that homie's room looked like a prison. I don't know if that was like a lame office or something, but was that not like quite prison like by the way of like a small, tiny window with almost like bar like things that it didn't look like it could open. And uh, it was very, very stark. So it's either like, are they like, you know, holding him in a cell or what's going on with that, dude? I wasn't very sure if it was just kind of like the the way to represent how he was feeling like alone. Um, What did you guys think? I definitely think it could have been a way to just kind of show and illustrate like what he was feeling. Uh, but at the same time, you, you have to remember that they're still Eldians and Marlins only the Marlins only treat them as, as warriors and like, they're not going to give them any type of special treatment as far as like how they're living and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think it's a little bit of both. I, I think it's a little bit of, like I said, um, just how they're treated as uh, Eldians and then also just kind of showing where Reiner's at in his life right now and, and just really how he's doing emotionally. One one hypothetical too. Sorry, I'm in like hypothetical land now in this episode. <laughs> but do you think it would have been a lock? Like everyone that came back, let's say that after Marcel got snatched up, you know, if Reiner, Berthold, and Annie went back, they would have been automatically fed to different Titans? Or do you think they would have snitched out Bert, um, Reiner and said, yeah, this homie really slipped up. He should, you know, obviously this should have been to like Guillard. Um, like, and I'm sure, I'm sure um, Guillard would have been happy to eat Reiner after he figured out his brother got murdered because of him. But um, do you think, I honestly think after that, thing that you just said chris it's like all of them would have been executed like reiner would have been right and it wasn't like a self-preservation tactic but um or do you think that they would have said you know berthold is like has it unlock and he has it unlock we'll just get rid of uh, the armor titan hmm. yeah 
I st- yeah, I still believe that they all would have been taken out for sure. Just because like it's almost like wash, rinse, repeat. Like they don't really care. Uh, they have candidates and they have people to burn through. Um, so if you, I, I feel like if you, if you if you fail, you're done. Like plain and simple. Yeah. Yeah, maybe there's that one military general that is like gives them that chance, but generally, just from looking at what the the trend of history has been for them, I agree they they would get recycled, and some other kids would end up turning into their titans, and they'd be attempting the same thing three, five years later, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, that's probably right. And thinking of the cycle of these things, like what I would do if I was them is I would continuously have like every year I would have candidates. And obviously, they don't have to be the same like year, because like this year, like Zeke's older, um, you know, Marcel's a little older than the rest of them. But uh, every year, I'd have candidates, so it'd just be like a quick refresh on if anything happened. And you'd always have like really, really skilled or um, you know prepared people to take the next throne, and then just have an age out thing or whatever when they're just kind of doing their own thing as soldiers. But anyway, fellas. Obviously, we've been holding out on the hottest, most juicy everything that we've seen in this thing so far. But can we just address the fact that we saw that Aaron motherfucking Jaeger infiltrated the Marleyan Island? What was that, dude? <laughs> what? Bro. <laughs> That was crazy. Bro, all right, so just all right. So I, I want both of you to say like, what went through your mind when you saw that? Did you have any suspicions before, or just like run it all through? Yeah, um, just a hit for me. I really through the whole conversation was kind of like, oh, this this guy's kind of old, and maybe thought about it from the black hair, but never even began to tease that thought. And then at the end, when he was talking about the different types of like hope and freedom and pushing for the other side of it and seeing that hell or potentially even um, something better is there. I was like, Oh no, this ain't it. And then all of a sudden it showed that dump shot and I just got sauced up. ASAP. Right. It was hot as hell, son. I, yeah, no, it was, yeah, your boy, it was like a talk about getting moist quick out here. That was (laughs) special to see. I miss my boy. Chris, Mm -hmm. how was it, bro? Dude. Uh, honestly, I didn't catch it until I like oh. the first. Oh, listen, listen, listen. So I rewound it. I had to rewind it to like get because I was trying to really pay attention to like what he's saying. Um, so I was mm-hmm. kind of like looking at the the subtitles and not his face. Uh, but like as I was watching the first time, the first time through, I was like, man, this guy has like he's been through a lot. Like he's has all these philosophies and like is telling Falco all these different things. Um, but then when I actually noticed it was Aaron, I was like, Oh my goodness, what is going on here? And then uh, I also made me think about when we were talking about last episode, when we were going to see everyone, I was like, dang, I was a little off on my, my prediction when we we're going to see him. But yeah, yeah, it was, it was pretty, pretty awesome to see that him there. Um, but I think it, did we see him? in the very first episode right at the very end, like, you know, when they're, what I'm talking about when they were, um, there was a guy who had a, a newspaper and then like he pulled the newspaper down and you saw like just his chin. Do you think that was Aaron too? Dude. Mm-hmm. See, here's, this is why Aaron, just so you know, this is why Chris is almost a, like a need 
for these type of things because this homie like has the <laughs> he's a historian of all of this and he doesn't he doesn't lose track of anything i don't even i'm not even sure man but that sounds exactly like something they would do and this was like when hmm, wait a second on the very first episode i'm was not this sure after credits it might have been after the credits. I don't remember, but I do remember seeing. I thought it was uh, like oh, what was, what's that guy's name? I can't remember his name right now. But he uh, he he he's also one of the warriors on parodies. Um, I thought it was him at first, just because like he had the same like facial structure. Um, but now that I'm thinking about it, I, I think it might have been Aaron. But you should give it a re- rewatch just to see. Yeah, dude, one hundred percent. I definitely will. Wow, dude. So well, number one, I have, well, I guess a couple things. When I first saw that, I was like absolutely shocked and like so, so excited to see like Aaron's in there. But then it like, of course, my brain goes to tons and tons of places. Number one, um, he's figured out how to not regrow his leg. Either that or it's like a crazy prosthetic, right? Because he's a, an amputee in that. Number two, like the actual, the, like Aaron, you mentioned this before when he was actually saying those things, he was laying down some like serious game as far as like what drives these people. And like, you know, it could be driving them like, you know, from within to push them through that hell to like almost get to another one or even hope or anything like that. And I, it just makes me wonder, man, like Aaron still has the most extreme resolve to like end this. And of course, of course he sees this and kind of wonders. And, you know, now that he's seen Grisha's memories, when he touched that book, he also has now even more understanding of like, you know, the Marleans and the LUDians and how they work. And I feel like he looks, he feels down on them or feels bad about it, but it's like, I still think that he's going to take everybody out, bro. Like, I don't see any other repercussion or recourse from the guy I know, like my boy Aaron. Yeah, bro, he's going to finish it all. What do you like? Do you guys feel the same way or do you think that we're seeing a different type of Aaron here? And like, what is he going to do now that he's infiltrated the Marley Island like that? Yeah, dude, I think he's really uh, I personally feel he's creating a bigger game plan to free the Eldians from this continuous kind of like time trap and imprisonment culturally. And that's kind of what he's here to figure out. And the only reason why I feel so deeply about that is because since he is the attack Titan, that is his kind of pushing will. And even down to his, his kind of the words in that statement with the, with Falco, he was trying to, he's talking about his emotional trauma kind of being the reason why he's not in the, mil- or in the military, but he was lying about it. And it kind of, made me feel a little weird that he said he was lying because he's like, it was not time for him to see his family right now. So that's like, Whoa, there's a lot of confusing things going Mm -hmm. on here potentially. So he's talking about like death, right? So you're saying like, um, obviously it's, you know, um, I've lied about, you know, my, my emotional trauma. And so I, and I don't want to go home yet. Like I would feel weird if I went home. And so I'm thinking, obviously, his home is, you know, his father, his mom, who's out. And who knows if that, obviously, Aaron is, like, so friend-driven. Like, of course, like, he's lost a lot of people. But maybe something's happened to, like, Mikasa um, and maybe even Armin. Like, you think that also kind of is alluding to other people that he imagines his family? 
Or do you think that's just kind of him saying, I still have some business to do? Yep, the latter. He's still got stuff to figure out before the actual final thing goes on. Because we all know, dude, that homie's got so much resolve. So this is going to end with some intense conflict, whether it's good or bad. Um, you know, we'll see what ends up happening. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I definitely don't believe that this is the last time that uh, Aaron and Falk are going to cross paths. Because I feel like they're like characters or magnetically almost drawn to each other. Um just by the way that they feel for others. And the reason that Aaron has such resolve for destroying everything and killing everything is because of the pain and, uh, you know, the suffering that's been caused to the people he's loved. And that's the same thing that kind of drives Falco in a sense. And it's almost like polar opposites, but you know, they can almost find a common goal to try to like soothe everything. But, um, Chris, what are you thinking, dude? Like, you saw your boy in there, deep, deep in the game. What's his next move? What is he going to do next? Man, well, first, I think he's just gathering information for for everyone back at his real home. Um, but yeah, I, I think he's just buying his time and trying to wait to see if he can find an opening, uh, like I guess a, a deeper opening into where he's at or where he already is. Um, but yeah, I think, like I said, he's just gathering inf- information and soaking it up everything that he can. Um, and then he's going to strike when there's an opening. Um, but I also think this is like our first glimpse into him getting Falco on his side. Uh, like mm-hmm. I, I told, I've told you this before. I think Falco's definitely flipping over to, to the other side. We just don't know when. And I think this is the first seed to be, to be planted. Cause like they already have this kind of relationship where he Falco helped him and Aaron saw, or I think Aaron might've saw himself in, in a way in Falco. Um, so I, I'm excited to see that relationship grow. I'm excited to see um, just where, where this is going to take us. Cause you know, we, <laughs> we don't know anything ever in this, in this, uh, this TV show. So uh, yeah, just super excited, dude. Yeah, man. It, like, so off of that, I think if we were to play off of your, kind of philosophy, Chris, or like thinking or game plan, you got to wonder, like, you'd almost want, like, if if you're going to send the treasure that the other nation wants, I mean, I guess, like, you know, what a sneaky place to hide it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. One. But you got to think, like, if they're willing to gamble on that, bro, like, you got to think that, like, Armin might be involved or maybe even, like, a Mikasa is in the house. So it's, I feel like that, you know, like, let's think of the game plan of Paradis. Like you also want your boy to have backup in some sort of way, yeah. but also in the same effect, like how long has he been over there and to call back to the second episode? Remember when Zeke was saying like, Hey, so they probably have two Titans there that are just destroying the ships that we've been sending over to try to like, see what's up. So maybe that's also a call back to like, hey, they have another Titan over there. Or maybe it's just like worked out lining where they haven't sent ships in a little bit. Aaron came over. But dude, I think this is also maybe I'm reading too far into it. But um, I think that the dots are connecting that there might be another Titan at play back home. Yeah. Uh, Like I had a like, that's crazy because I feel like Aaron had to have been there for a while. 
and like you said, Zeke was sending Zeke and them were sending ships over. That's super interesting. I was actually thinking about this a few days ago. Like, what if uh, Mikasa got Andy's Titan power somehow? Imagine oh, dude, how I crazy feel like everyone that should be in danger. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Mikasa with those things, like she's kind of like you. You. It's hard to imagine her more deadly and more dangerous. But to her to have it for her to have like that type of versatility in like power and speed combo titan mm-hmm. power, uh, that'd be crazy. And you Dude. know that she'd be happy to eat Annie because she hates her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I mean, honestly, I think Mikasa already has. Uh, maybe maybe it's a Titan power, maybe it's something different, like the Ackerman power. Um, because I remember rewatching the first season and I believe in episode like three when it shows her mom getting killed or her dad getting killed by like three robbers that are trying to grab him for their bloodline. Mikasa had like a straight up moment where like she went badass mode and it showed her heart like turn green and some stuff went in her veins and she just murked those homies. And then the same thing happened later um, at the first battle at the wall when things started first getting juicy. So, I mean, in a sense, maybe it's an Ackerman thing. Um, but she does have a power of some sort that triggers her to just go automatic kill mode and done on anybody. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, sorry, Jordan, go ahead. Well, I was, I was probably going to say the same thing that you were going to say with uh, the Ackermans do have the power of not forgetting what the King basically, um, you know, cause obviously the Royal bloodline can make people forget about everything. The Ackermans, mm-hmm. they can't, but obviously you have just like, just the the rowdiest boys in the game that are Ackermans. Obviously, Levi's leading the pack, but you also have Kenny, who is just, you know, obviously one of the deadliest things and probably the closest thing to like a human Levi stopper that we could find in it in this in this um series. Mm-hmm. So they're obviously just like ridiculously deadly, uh deadly bloodline. So who knows, man? But it just makes me think like you know, either like where does Aaron have backup? Is it back home where they're just like stopping the the ships from coming in? Or does that mean that Armin's just really, really good with the Colossal Titan now? Like there's so many things that it just opened up with one little image at the very end of this episode. It's just craziness, man. I love this series. Yeah. And even Kenny Ackerman, he got his own scene in this episode too, which is a little unexpected. So everyone's in this thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I, dude, honestly, I miss that dude. And I'm shocked that he didn't just end Annie from there. Like, there's no way she could have gotten away from him. And she said she was at his limits, but it's like, how how are you? Um, I feel like that's Kenny, like in his prime back in that day, because I feel like he was on the wind down when, um, you know, he came out in episode three or season three of Attack on Titan. Or do you think that was kind of a fair match, or he let her get away? Boys, don't be shy. <laughs> uh, honestly, I'm not sure. Uh, I I guess I'm under the assumption that he let her go because I agree with you, Jordan. I feel like he, he would have caught her like instantly. So, that yeah, that's kind of just my two cents. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. But now that we have, we've talked a lot about this episode. We've talked a lot about the ending and the implications of seeing Aaron on the island. We've talked about kind of Reiner barely holding on to his shit at this point and he could be kind of a looser cannon um and you know he's now living for the youth because the youth is the future 
uh, good on him for that. And now we kind of see next episode, we see that the Warhammer is coming into play in that family. Uh, are we kind of, um, I don't know how to describe this, but maybe this is a big trap to kind of get all of the, the power and the resources over there and to like trap them in. But where do we see the Warhammer playing into kind of obviously the country's support in getting over and getting that founding Titans power. But um, they seem kind of bougie from the episode, um, the episode preview. What are your guys' thoughts? Are these guys going to be a game changer? Is it going to be like a prissy pretentious dude? Who's never, never gotten down to business before. What is this Warhammer guy um, going to do? And what is the Tiber family about? I definitely think that they're going to be a game changer. Yes, they're like you said, bougie and stuff like that. But I think I think there's there, there's a reason why they are that way, and I think it's because they they have done something in the past in order to get to where they are. Um, so yeah, I think I don't know what that is. I, I know we don't know what exactly their power is, um, but I do definitely think it's something that we've obviously never seen before. And I think it's obviously something, not obviously, but I think it's something that's going to be super powerful. Um, and that it's just gonna, it's going to open up a whole new can of worms for us to talk about and to see. I 100% agree with you. Number one, I think that the presence of this family illustrates two things perfectly. One, that the family has power that the government is in control, isn't, in control of this power itself to the Warhammer itself. That Titan power is ridiculously powerful um, for the same reason that the government hasn't controlled that it itself. So it's almost like we're better off not pissing these people off, um, obviously like politically, financially, and just because we don't want to mess with the Warhammer. And that sounds like a sick, sick sentence to have, especially if it pertained to you. So I'm thinking that this family is going to be definitely a game changer. Um, but also it's kind of like, um, you know, if you don't use something for a while, it may fatigue atrophy and kind of go away mm -hmm. when you lose it. So we'll see how battle hardened these guys are and like, you know, what, what it is. And I'm, I'm thinking I wouldn't be sad or I wouldn't be upset with maybe like a full episode or two maybe like a full episode and a half talking about this family, why they're important and why they actually, you know, can get down to business. But I think, I think we're all in alignment here that uh, it's going to be spicy for sure, but legit outtakes here. What are we going to see? Like, can you drop anything like a big mic drop, Chris, what do you think we're going to see on this next episode? That is going to be the equivalent um, of seeing Aaron, or do you think we're going to see him again? Um, you know, anything like that is going to be outstanding in this next episode that we see next week. Hmm. Yeah. I, I think the big, the, I guess the big reveal is going to be uh, the Warhammer and the Tiber family and learning about them. I feel like it's going to be kind of similar to the episode that we had today. Um, just kind of learning about Reiner and his background. I think we're going to get a lot about the Tiber family and stuff like that. Um, as far as Aaron goes, I, I mean, I really, really hope to see him every single episode from now on. Um, that would be really awesome to see. Um, I still want to see the rest of the crew, though. I'm still waiting for that. So maybe we'll see yeah. maybe like a, a Mikasa 
hidden yeah. somewhere or an Armin hidden somewhere, or even like Connie or someone like or Sasha. Like I don't care. I just <laughs> want to see that, one of the, one of those people, man. Potato girl. <laughs> yeah, man. I just want to see someone else. You know, I don't know who's gonna be, but yeah, that's 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 what I think. Did you two um, watch the after credit scene in the beginning? Because I know you're talking about seeing people. I almost felt like we might see Armin in the next episode. And if you see the very first scene of that after credits um, spot, that's him with a black hat and blonde hair is what I'm kind of theorizing here potentially. And even in the subtitles there, it says MAGA sorts out the military for the Tiber family to tell the truth. So I, I'm right there with you, Chris. I think we might get a little flavor of all of that. But once again, that could be the that could be the Tiber family. That could be what the Warhammer looks like, True. Um, especially with so many Germanic features. But either way, dude, I think we're all on the same page of kind of being a little homesick. Uh, it was really good to see uh, the island again, even if it was from the uh, other view. And I'm really curious to see, you know, obviously I want to learn more about our boy and stuff, but knowing them, um, they know what we want and they're going to hold it out from us for a long enough time to just tease it, <laughs> tease it. And then we're going to get it and just be like, what the hell did we just see? So once again, that means that you're going to see a, some spicy stuff next episode when we talk about the review of episode four. And you better believe there's going to be some really, really hot episodes of us reviewing this on Attack on Titan season. So once again, guys, uh, you know, thank you so much for taking the time talking with me, um, you know, entertaining and beguiling all of us with your ideas, philosophies and stuff like that. Um, hopefully you guys are on the next episode, Chris and Aaron. Um, it was a blast. Any last words for the fans or the Attack on Titan lovers that are coming to watch us and listen to us? Yeah, I mean, thanks, thanks again, Jordan, for having me on again. Uh, thanks to the listeners. Uh, I'm really excited to keep talking about this with you guys. Uh, talking about it with Jordan and Aaron. Um, but yeah, I'm super excited to continue watching this with you guys and continuing to experience this with you guys. It's been really fun. You know, just talking about Attack on Titan, talking about the things we love, the things we see. Um, but yeah, that, that's all for me. Thanks, guys. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Thank you very much for letting me be on the show with you two Gs ta- talking about Attack on Titan. And I guess we're all living through what we would call uh, peak fiction and the, the end of it, at least for this show. So hope everyone just keeps pushing on just like the Attack on Attack Titan. Yeah, 100%, guys. Um, you know, thanks for listening to this episode. Um, obviously, we do this because, you know, we appreciate it um, and really enjoy the art of it all. Um, of course, if you guys wanted to reach out, you can either do it through the 12 platforms that you're listening to this on or the aboutcast podcast at gmail.com. Um, once again, hope you guys are, you know, financially, emotionally, and physically healthy and happy and i'll see you on the next podcast peace thank you